the halal scene in New York has grown so much. I mean, I can't tell you how many restaurants I currently have on my list that I'm going to check out after Ramadan. It's gotten to the point where I have to kind of narrow down the list to like, what is the most unique, right? The Halal Food Podcast by Halal Run, the number one guide to halal eating options in the US, Canada, and the UK. On our podcast, we feature inspiring and accomplished Muslims in the West from all backgrounds. We talk to them about their lives and about the halal restaurants where they love to eat. Now, in this episode, we bring you part two of our conversation with Halal NYC, a top NYC blogger. In part one, she spoke to us about her top picks across all of New York City, as well as her journey into becoming a blogger. And now in part two, she tells us about her top picks specifically in Manhattan, as well as causes she supports and how she uses her fame and her success to help others. Let's jump right to it. I will just put you on the spot, sister, and say one thing, which is I live in the 212. I'm from Manhattan. And I I think... Uh, you've made it really hard for me because I'm going to have to do a lot of outer outer borough traveling uh, to hit these spots. Uh, do you do you have any unique spots in in on the island on the on the main Manhattan Island for me to check out? I do, I do. Listen, hey, look, we've got halal restaurants everywhere, right? <laughs> but Manhattan has some pretty incredible ones too. And I, I um, let's see. So okay, first and foremost, you know, Chelsea Market is a very popular market um, in, in Chelsea. And uh, it's also a very popular tourist location. And up until now, we've never had a halal spot in there. And Rasa, I mean, hey, the first halal restaurant I ever discovered, it's, it's an amazing uh, fusion of Singaporean, Malaysian and Thai cuisine, um, they, and Indonesian food. And I think uh, they're still I've, I've visited recently. And I think the quality and consistency is still same as as it was since 2016. So that one's incredible. Another go-to for all Muslims. No Muslim in New York City. So here's the thing. On my page, a lot of people have controversial opinions about restaurants, but there's one restaurant that everyone loves, and it's called Top Thai. It is considered one of the top Thai restaurants in the halal scene. We have a couple. Yeah, I was going to say, which one? There's two, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So Top Thai in... On Carmine Street. Carmine, yeah. Yeah, Carmine Street. Yeah, that one is is iconic. It's so beautiful. They really went off with the ambiance. I remember uh, during COVID, they built this whole outdoor setup. And I remember I was like, you know what? I need to eat something outside for once. And I went there and it was just me and a bunch of other Pakistanis just freezing on the outdoor seating eating Thai food. But it hit the spot. And I, you know what? You got to give credit where it's due. They were one of the first halal Thai restaurants. They've come out with incredible mocktails even. They, they've, they've got a really good solid menu. And I think that's a very iconic spot that you should definitely hit up if you're ever uh, touring in the city. That That's the one. Um, another great uh, halal restaurant in, in the city is, is a, if you want something more on the fancier side, is 212 Steakhouse. I mean, that's become a staple for a lot of Muslims too if you want a fancy night out. And it's also really close. It's, it's in Midtown, so it's close to a lot of um, tourist spots that you know you can check out. Um, actually, on my way to 212, I discovered one of my recently favorite halal restaurants in Manhattan. It's called Himalayan Curry House. It's uh, it's Nepali and Thai cuisine, literally down the block from 212. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I can save a couple extra bucks and have some Nepali food instead of steak. Um, and yeah, that that place really hits the spot too. They've got momos. They've got a bunch of uh, halal, uh, you know, Nepali and... Um, like Himalayan uh, food to find halal is, is difficult. Um, they don't have a really big Muslim population, but some owners do make it Muslim. So uh, make it halal and they, they're one of those. So I really uh, appreciated that as well. And 
recently, um, Bella Hadid, an, uh, who is half Palestinian, she actually visited a halal restaurant called Berea Les. It's a Berea taco spot. And uh, not sure if most people know, but birria is sometimes made in pork broth. So you, even if you're one of those who says bismillah and considers it halal, <laughs> you might want to you know double check on that. But birria Elias actually has a chef from Tijuana, which is where birria tacos are uh, popularly made in Mexico. And it's owned by uh, the, the head chef and these two incredible Bangladeshi owners. And they teamed up to make this hole in the wall spot. And it's quite honestly blown up since then. And Bella Hadid even just put them on the spot even more. That is a absolute must try if you're in the city. Have you ever have you ever tried Berea? Oh yeah, and you know they've opened a second they've opened a second location. Yeah, on uh, St. Marks. Yeah, on St. Marks, right on Second Avenue, St. Marks. I was just there the other day. So we are we I've gotten from the first. I live uptown, um, pretty far uptown, and I have been sent. My life, my wife loves Mexican food. I've been sent many times to Rivington to get Berea. And it was so exciting for me to find a closer Berea, so I don't have to go as far. But yeah, no, they're incredible. They're killing it. And also, um, they're, uh, you know, part of Smorgsburg, which is a big thing. Smorgsburg is one of the biggest halal food, I mean, biggest food uh, festivals here in New York. And they're the only halal vendor for that one, which is, and to, for them to make it there, it's, it's amazing. They are next level. And the new location is phenomenal. We're about to do a post just about that. Uh, because they're so good. Um, those are some phenomenal. I will, you know, you have you've totally uh, you've totally come through. All your picks in Manhattan are spot on. I've been to, I think, all except one, um, and they are they are clutch. Um, so so that is great stuff. I will say one thing about you know what you were saying about the Korean restaurant full of Pakistanis. One thing we do at Halal Run. I mean, we're we're a full-on directory of 17,000 restaurants in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K., right? Um, we we celebrate Muslims like yourself, and we feature, you know, bloggers and other just prominent Muslims through content, just connecting the community. The other thing we do is we um, try to raise awareness about the benefits of offering halal, right? And what you find, and not to get too sort of businessy or technical, because but you got to speak to these. If you're speaking to a non-Muslim restaurant owner, you got to talk to them in you know a language that resonates, which is basically, bro or sis, your your restaurant operates on very small margins, right? And a ten percent increase in volume or a twenty percent increase in volume off the same fixed base is a big, big, big deal, right? Uh, to the economics of a restaurant, right? Like your rent is the same, whatever, and it's all variable. But like that is, that is, you know, the margin from that is just going your bottom line and it can make or break you. And the quickest way for any restaurant to boost its sales by 10, 20, 30%, whatever the restaurant is, is to just go halal, right? And like you said, all the Muslims will show up, right? They, they will. <laughs> and so... When you make that case again and again and again, sometimes it resonates. And so that's part of what we do as well is this advocacy because you see it. You see it in any like. Um, actually, you know, I've had um, uh, there was a restaurant, there was a publication that featured me and they wanted to get like percentages. And it turned out one restaurant had a 40 percent increase in sales after I posted because Muslims just like ran. And I was like, there's just like it was a cafe in Manhattan. And since then, they've relocated. But uh they were like yeah we had a 40 percent increase and we were not prepared 
And I was like, I'm so sorry. And even like the Tia Thai Bistro, when I went, they were like, okay, let us know when you're going to post so we can have an extra stock of like short rib because we know that people are going to show up. And I was, and I, I'm always, sometimes I underestimate how, you know, Muslims are going to really venture out to these places because I mean, we've been deprived for so long um, and we just want to try new food and new things and, and we're happy to go and, you know, support these establishments. And every time it catches me by surprise, I've had restaurant owners be like, let us know when you're coming so we can, uh, you know, have extra staff the days after <laughs> because we're going to need it. <laughs> I'm like, that's incredible. I love this community. I love it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We're so hungry. I mean, the, 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 especially right now in Ramadan, right? The, you know, but, but you're, you're totally right because if you, if you look at a restaurant that gets like a big review, for example, from like the New York Times or the whatever, right? They'll get a spike and it'll taper off and people will know that the, that they were in that, whatever, right? But you go halal and you're promoted by the halal community. Like the Muslims will come forever, right? That is sustained. And that is, you know, that is like, you can, you can just bank that consistently as long as your food stays good. You know, I think you make a really interesting point about that because I've seen a lot of, and I, I won't go into specifics, but I've seen a lot of halal restaurants that have paid to be on really big publications and they don't see the the effect of it the impact of it they get a couple of uh, even if they work with like non-halal bloggers and they you know they don't, they pay and to get all that promo it doesn't work but once they start promoting to the muslim community it just goes crazy um i think that our community is just so hands-on engaged and supportive and this is something that all like restaurants should take note of is how much you know first of all how many muslims we have in new york right? That just goes to show that there's a big population. And secondly, it shows that we we would like to be represented and we want, we are here to eat too, you know? You, you can't just exclude us from these things. So I'm, I love when non-halal, non-Muslim restaurant owners start catering to halal. I mean, I'm sure they're thinking about the business aspect maybe, but at the end of the day, like, it's like, we'll support it. We're, we're here. We're here and hungry, like you said. <laughs> yeah. And we're loyal, right? And we are. <laughs> like a good halal place shows up, like we will just keep going back again and again and again to support it because we want to keep these establishments around and alive. Right. And, and that's what I tell people as well when we're trying to convince them, like you will not get a more loyal customer base because, you know, like people like you and I, like, so you've been in New York your whole life. I came to New York in 2000, right? So it's been 23 years. So I remember the dark halal days when there was like the, <laughs> the, the truck and rice days. Day. Yeah, exactly. It was just chicken and rice. Um, and uh, and whenever anyone, right, especially a non-Muslim, like a Muslim, I'll still support it. I'll still love it, whatever. It's not the same risk, right? But when a non-Muslim takes the risk and says, okay, I'll offer halal, especially you're talking about, you know, a couple of decades ago back when, like you said, people didn't want to say they were halal, right? But they still did it. Like, I want to reward that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is, you know, it, and some of them, they have to really do their research. Some of them even get certifications. Like, think about Dave's Hot Chicken, right? This is a corp, like, this is a multi-million dollar corporation. 60 locations national. And when you walk in to the Midtown location where, honestly, their demographics over there, it's mostly, you know, non-Muslims because they're in yeah. Midtown. It's yeah, corporate. office people yeah. work, yeah. But they've got the halal certificate right at the counter. And I admire that. And I'm like, you know what? That's amazing. And for that, like, you know, you deserve all the support. You're halal. You're amazing. Food tastes great. But to even do that, because a lot of halal restaurants sometimes don't even want to put the halal logo outside because of 
either it's because of Islamophobia or because people think that it's still chicken over rice. That's still a narrative I'm trying to work on to tell people, please, not chicken over rice. I remember working in corporate America and every time I, I started requ- I started saying I'm not vegan, I'm like, I want halal food. Please order halal food for me. And they would be like, so you want chicken over rice in a meeting? And I'm like, no, that's not what I meant, I think. <laughs> so I would have to explain it to them. But yeah, no, Dave's doing that is incredible. I love that. Yeah. And Dave's hot chicken is uh, not Muslim owned? No, it's not. Oh, that's amazing. I've been to the one in West Hollywood, which was great. I have yet to hit the one in Midtown, but I will. Oh, yeah. You should uh, go now. They have a hot box Ramazan special. <laughs> I'll go this evening. Um, but you, you know what's funny? You know, when you say the like the chicken, you know, the thing, the chicken or the rice thing reminds me of because I'm I'm constantly battling this as well. So um, in like the I feel like the 2000s. Right now, so I'm talking about the country of Vietnam. Such an incredible kind of recovery story, right? The economy is booming now. It's a flourishing company, it's a country that's rebuilt itself. But I remember like an ad campaign that Vietnam did, and this is not a political statement at all. So, so everyone who's watching, I'm, this is not politics, it's not judgments, whatever. It's just it's marketing. Um, they had an ad campaign in the, I want to say the 1990s, right, where they put print ads in like top newspapers, whatever, saying Vietnam is a country, not a war, right? Um, They're just like, move past, look at us, look at who we are, we're rebuilding, whatever. But Vietnam is a country, not a war. And I feel like a a similar way with like the halal is is chicken over rice, right? It's just like, (laughs) halal is is everything. It's not just chicken over rice. I agree. But you know what I think we've also, so going back to what we said about the whole vegan thing, I feel like Muslims don't bother explaining themselves. And I think we need to plant our feet in the ground and be like, no, like this is what it is. And all the times in corporate America where there have been caterings for meetings and I've requested vegetarian, I totally regret that. Um, I remember, you know, my fellow Jewish coworkers who would adamantly request kosher and they would get it. And it doesn't matter if it's an inconvenience to others, you kind of have to make sure that you're included, you know? Um, it isn't an inconvenience. Honestly, th- these people would be happy to do it for you. You just have to stand up and speak for it. Um, and I think that's something that we really, really need to do. And I appreciate a lot of halal bloggers that have spoken up about this. I mean, I know we say think it's a silly little issue, but overall, I don't think so it is because we should say what um, halal is. And I have a great example of this. There's a Mexican restaurant um, in Metropolitan Ave and on Metropolitan Avenue, and they had a something called Mexican Bowl halal halal food style. But what it is, is it's similar to chicken over rice, but it's not halal. And Muslims started going in there and ordering it thinking it was halal because of how the term has been misused. So now if you go on their Uber Eats, they have an asterisk saying um, this is not actually halal. It's halal food style. Now, again, that's still a terrible way of phrasing it, but this is what the confusion can cause. This is how, and, and the worst part is that they have a halal restaurant right next door. So I think that's how they actually got the Muslim res- like uh, customers in there. Um, but again, like this is why we need to clear up this this confusion, right? Like it, this is not okay. Agreed. And, and you're right. Like, I mean, I have, uh, I, like you, right? I have spent a lot of time telling people, right? Like, and, and, you know, when you interact with people, all my friends, right? My non-Muslim friends know, like, I eat only halal. Right. And they know what it is. And just organically, we all need to have those conversations like you're saying and just be more, you know, more upfront about it and more vocal about it. And it's not a bad thing. Like you said, you've I've found the same thing, which is 
people want to accommodate. They want you to feel comfortable. They want you to eat the way you want to eat. Uh, they just don't always know, right? And and it's sort of like hand-to-hand uh, contact of sort of like, you know, individual conversations is how we're going to kind of raise awareness. And also, kind of like you're saying, remove kind of like the fear or the whatever in the sort of non-educated public around what halal is, right? Because part of the reason that restaurants might be reluctant to have a halal sign out front, not so much anymore, but the, the, if there's reluctance, it's because of the way it's going to be perceived. But if more people understand what halal is, right, more non-Muslims, then like that becomes less of an issue as well. And then you'll see more of those halal signs. So it's a, you know, it's an ongoing quest, right? An ongoing campaign, an ongoing mission, um, which we're all a part of. Well, uh, sister, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you one last thing, uh, which is, you know, one thing I, you spoke earlier about, you know, bloggers who use their platforms um, to, because you reach a, uh, an audience to sort of, you know, raise awareness about other things. And I've noticed that, um, you know, during Ramadan or otherwise, you've been raising awareness of a couple of uh, charity causes right? Including Islamic relief. So why don't you talk a little, we, we love, you know, seeing that happen. Like you said, you know, using your platform and your voice and your audience to, to do good. Uh, tell us about some of these, um, these causes and these charities, uh, that you've been, that you've been, uh, mentioning and, 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 uh, raising awareness for. Um, so, uh, as I mentioned before, because I have really high engagement on my, uh, blog, I, I definitely try to raise awareness for any type of, uh, like you know organization that relates to muslims because i think it's important that we speak up for our people when others won't especially when you know the earthquake happened in syria and turkey and i saw a bunch of you know non-muslim bloggers that were just going on about their life and i'm like hello tragedy just hit in you know in these countries and maybe we should do something to help so i think instagram has so many wonderful features where i could put fundraisers right on my blog so as soon as you click it you can see that but there are a couple more intimate charities that i've been involved with um mo big halal apple his um father unfortunately passed away during COVID. And since then, he's been raising money for uh, 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 back home in Lebanon. He basically puts together these iftar boxes um, because of, you know, Lebanon's uh, current economic state. And he has, in the name of his dad, he's he's donating, uh, creating these Ramadan boxes. And uh, he created like a GoFundMe and I share it on my page. And I, I like that I can, you know, see this charity that I could help directly. It's somebody I know, somebody I trust. And I, this is, you know, and it, it, it's a positive impact. So definitely really uh, enjoy doing these. I have people DM me all the time about different charities, different causes that I can help. And I, I love doing that. You know, there's also in Astoria, there's the Halal Fridge community. Like it's called Astoria Halal Fridge, where people put in halal food in it and anybody in need can take it. So these are some, I've definitely been uh, contributing to like Islamic Relief. These are bigger corporations, but there are some, you know, right here in New York that I can help to directly and see the impact right before my eyes. So yeah, definitely really enjoy using my blog for these things. I think somebody has to do this, you know? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much uh, for doing that uh, and for everything else you do for the community. And and sister, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so awesome having you. What an amazing conversation to have. I love, I could talk about halal food for days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Same here. Um, and, and so, you know, we'll have to have you back on, inshallah, the podcast again in the future. Have a blessed rest of your Ramadan and, and we'll be in touch. As-salamu alaykum.
Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Halal Run is the number one guide to halal eating options in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K., featuring over 17,000 restaurants in over 2,500 cities. You can find us on our website at halalrun.com or on all our socials where we are at Halal Run. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe so we can bring you more great content like this. We are here to serve you.